And I feel invalidated because you're an idiot. And I personally think that you should take your shit and move it out of my house versus I am overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed and I feel like I lost my best friend. And if I'm completely honest, I stopped being a best friend too. And there's so much going on and I'm afraid. And I feel like trust has gone out the window. That is a vulnerable conversation that you do with your best friend. girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy-to-use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, welcome to the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Cisneros. So today's episode is definitely different than other episodes for many reasons. Here's one of them. I was asked to record on one of my really good friends' podcast, and she wanted to make it sort of like this Q&A, a live Q&A, but of course recorded. And so as I was in her group, there were so many women asking the same question, similar to the questions you guys have asked me. And I thought, well, why not share this podcast episode with my audience? And so in this podcast episode, I am talking about change. There's so many women that'll tell me I'm ready to change and my husband isn't. What do I do? Another question I'm often asked is, why is it harder for us to take care of ourselves and do everything for everyone? And one of the major questions is, how do we negotiate these changes in our relationship, especially when we struggle with communication? And so these questions I'm answering on this platform. And so again, like I said, Melissa's a great friend, and I'm going to give you a little bit of information about her right now, but she is the host of the Bomb Mom podcast. Not only that, but she is also a fitness expert with 20 plus years of experience, a business owner, a second degree black belt in Taekwondo, a model, an actress, and an overall busy mom of three girls that inspires both men and women on their own fitness journey. And so, like I said, I was in her group. I was, it was live Q&A. Grab a pen and paper because you're definitely going to want to take notes. Enjoy this episode. So today we have Veronica Cisneros on, and she is literally the most sought after best licensed family therapist in the entire world. I was going to say Southern California, and I'm like, why stop there? This is worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> the pitbull version world she's mr worldwide this is mrs mrs worldwide she's basically pitbull um veronica not only is my dear friend um and like my savior when i was going through um my divorce and everything like she literally led me through that she's not my therapist um but just as a friend and she's just she's just brilliant and she's gonna give it to you straight Veronica thank you so much for coming on and making time to do this for us because I know how busy she's like literally leaving to go on like four different trips all in one well absolutely it's a pleasure the minute you um called me and we had that conversation about some of the issues um that the women in your group were going through it's like dude I hear this like every single day um and so yeah it's a complete pleasure I'm glad you invited me on this platform and we're able to get real and honest and you know, get some true healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so super excited to be on here. And it's always a pleasure. I love you, Melissa. <laughs> well, we're lucky to have you. We're really, really lucky to have you. And I know a lot of our new members probably don't appreciate who we have on right now and who they have access to. So new members, 
she's good and don't hold back if you can. Um, but you know, you know me, you know this group. We are all about expanding and living our best lives. Health, yep. wellness, fitness, waistline, muscles, love. And we're constantly talking about relationships and how that part of your life is it is just constant tension, stress, negativity. It will halt you in other areas of your life too, Definitely. you know. And we have women share all the time of like, I'm doing this and he's not doing this. And I'm in this relationship and this sucks. And like, it, it breaks my heart what some of our women in our group are going through and what they're dealing with. And they're literally at the point of like, I don't know what to do. Is it me? Is it him? Is it us together? And that's why I wanted to bring you on today. And, and help them work through this. So they kind of have some answers. They kind of have some du- direction at least in which to go to, you know, I have yeah. a feeling many of them, you'll be like, you need therapy. Like you guys need couples therapy, <laughs> which if we need to go there, we need to go there. Yes, definitely. Might be the case. Now, are any of you brave enough right now to be like, I'm going to go first. Here's my shit. I'm going to lay it out there. <laughs> Instantly <laughs> seeing women sweat. <laughs> Everybody's like, uh, no, hell to the no. We don't know who the hell Veronica is. So let me go ahead and introduce myself a little bit. My name is Veronica Cisneros. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm like literally recording here in my office because I just wrapped up a session and I'm going to be in another session at four. Um, so my entire goal is to help women step outside of their comfort zone, reignite their marriage by reclaiming their identity. I'm really, really big on helping women identify that it starts with you. Um, Melissa obviously has a similar mission. Our missions are pretty much in line with, with different outcomes. You know, hers is more body, mine's more emotional, mental, um, and relational. And so when we're looking at that, when we're making this big transition, right, especially when it comes to weight, there's so many insecurities that come up. Even us finding a trainer that there's so many things, there's so many barriers that we go through, like finally admitting like, well, shit, I really need help. And I really can't do this on my own. Like those damn three enchiladas that I had the other day, it's going to keep on happening. And there's so much pleasure that I get out of food or I don't know the first step in really getting the body or the health that I want. And so it's time to seek out. It's time to literally step outside of my comfort zone and ask somebody for help. That's not easy. Now that you've, you've, you've made this huge step, right? Stepping outside your comfort zone, asking for help, having a freaking bomb ass, you know, personal trainer to go ahead and guide you through this. Well, you're starting to have some momentum Things are starting to pan out. You're starting to develop these new habits, these healthy habits. You're starting to get all of this education. And now your husband's like, well, who the hell are you doing this for? Or why are you doing this? Or wait a minute. I mean, why are you listening to her? This is our life and it's not that big of a deal. So eat damn burger or eat the shake or do anything in their power to sabotage you. And then constant guilt. You're really going to go work out? What about the kids? What You're going to leave the kids again? You're going to leave the kids again? Okay. So you have all of these insecurities already that you're just starting to, I don't want to say become comfortable with, but you're starting to identify and you're starting to challenge them. And you're starting to really go into like, I really want this for me. But then all of that mom guilt comes in. And then all of the guilt that's added from your partner And it's like, well, shit, it was easier for me to just go that route because it's just part of our norm. This new, this new habit, this new lifestyle, it's completely foreign and it's uncharted territory. And I don't know what to do. And I, to be honest with you, damn it. I don't want to work out today. I don't want to work out today. I don't want to eat the salad. I don't want to eat the damn, you know, whites, you know, egg whites and oatmeal. I want to do that today. And so, yeah, your husband's words or his influence starts to mess with your mind. And it becomes so difficult to keep on going down this new path that you know is healthy, that you know you need, but there's so much weighing against you. So I'm here to say I totally get it as a professional, as a clinician here in my practice. But you know what? To be honest, as a mom, as a wife, as a woman, I totally get it. And 
I am happy to be on here. I'm really, really happy to be on here because I know we all struggle. I'm hell. I was working with Melissa for a good amount of time. And I personally went through those same struggles. And it's like, how the hell am I going to go? How the hell am I going through these struggles when I'm a therapist? Melissa, my husband's totally making me a drink right now. Like really, Willie, a freaking Moscow mule. Like that's how we got in this. Like that's how we totally got into this with enchiladas, homemade and sour cream. Oh my God, I'm totally salivating. But yeah, I totally get it. I get it firsthand. And so, you know, I'm happy that I'm on. I'm happy to address your questions. And I know we're on a podcast, so it's like, oh shit, you know, somebody's going to totally, you know, hear me. Type it, put it in the chat section. I'll read it. I'm not going to read your name, um, obviously for confidentiality reasons. But yeah, um, one lady says on here, that's a big one. You're picking your, she quotes, you're picking your workout over the kids. Yeah. So why do my, why does my husband do that? Why does my husband say, dude, you're totally going to pick the workout over your kids. Why is he going to do that? Because he knows your ass because you've been doing that all of your life. You've been putting the kids needs and his needs ahead of yours. And guess what? He likes it that way. Why does he like it that way? Because we don't know anything that's foreign. We don't understand it. And we get scared. There's a heightened level of intimidation that you're doing something different. You are changing. So guess what ends up happening for him? All of these insecurities start to come up because guess what? His ass ain't doing it. His ass ain't doing it. And so is she going to leave me? That ends up becoming one of the primary thoughts that come up for a man's, for a man. I hear it all the time in my couples therapy. Is is she going to leave me? What if she starts creating all of these changes and she finds out that she can do better or she's not going to put up with my shit anymore and I'm going to have to do this and I'm going to have to do all of the work. She's not going to compromise herself. Now she's learning how to assert herself. Now she's setting boundaries for herself. Now she's having all these goals and dreams and I don't know if they include me. So the same fears you had initially prior to joining Melissa, and even now, you know, as they're starting, as you're starting to, you know, go forth in this great, amazing journey, it's like, holy shit, can I do it? Your partner's thinking, holy shit, she's going to do it. Right? And so all of these insecurities, they're already happening for you. Now all of those insecurities happen for your partner. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not for you to fix. We want to fix because it's like, no, dude, I totally think you're sexy, even with your 12-pack. That's not really a 12-pack, but, you know, whatever. Like, I totally love you. And then you find yourself working 10 times harder to go ahead and prove to your partner that you're not going to leave him. Prove to him that he's like the sexiest person in the world. Again, compromising yourself over and over. And then you go into self-sabotage mode. And once you're in that self-sabotage mode, you start to get all of these distortions, thought distortions. Thought distortions is another word for like negative self-talk, right? All of this negative self-talk comes in, which then weighs heavy on you and then brings you back a little bit. And you feel like you're regressing. And it's like, well, screw it. I already got this far. I'm not going to do it. Or hell no, I don't want to go back. How many of you here have felt like, I don't want to go back. I actually like this. I may not like working out every single day, but I don't want to go back. Like it sucks going into my damn closet and having a whole cry fest because nothing fits me. God damn it. And it sucks that I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like myself. It sucks that, you know, I want to get dressed and feel sexy but nothing freaking fits. And I'm tired of walking up the damn stairs and not being able to breathe. I'm tired of running after my kid and going, holy shit, I hope they don't know that they can totally beat me and running because I'm not going to be able to catch them. I'm tired of all of these feelings. I'm tired of feeling this way. All of us have gotten there at one point or are still there. And so this whole new lifestyle, this whole new way of thinking is foreign from, for you. And that's when you're at your most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, all of the insecurities you have are now exposed by your partner who doesn't want you to change. So I have to ask, like, playing devil's advocate and even being in that position before. Yeah. What, what do you do with that? Like now, okay, we know this. We're agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, the thought distortions are coming. And I love that you said it's not yours to fix. Yeah. 
I just got told that in therapy today. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> On a different topic. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Damn it. Well, we want to fix it. Think about it. You guys have me putting my hair up now. We want to fix it. We totally want to fix it. And why do we want to fix it? Because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. How many people take a great deal of pride in being that exceptional mom that will give anything to her children, even that gift card that even that gift card that you got for your birthday, but now all of a sudden you're spending it in Target for your kids? Totally guilty. It feels good, right? I've done it and I'm like, shit, that was a hundred dollars. $100 I could put on me. These damn kids don't even wear the damn outfits, right? Don't even get me started. We'll need to reverse this and I'll need therapy. But yeah, like we take a great deal of pride in doing so many things for our kids. And it's part of, I want to say it's part of us. It's part of that learned behavior. And it's also, I'm gonna go a little deep here. It's also part of that generational trauma. That generational trauma what we've learned, what we've been conditioned to believe, the role of a woman. The role of a woman is to go ahead and compromise herself to fit the needs of the family, to be an exceptional mom. You are not working out. If you're going to work out, you're working out at like three o'clock in the morning because you can't disrupt the kids sleep. You can't, you, you can't mess. Uh-uh, that's kids time. Uh-uh, the minute the kids wake up, that you're theirs. Who the hell has taught you that? Your mom, probably even your dad. If we take it even further, What did grandma's life look like? Was she happy? Was she happy? Honestly, was she happy? I mean, yes, grandma might say, oh my God, I love to do everything for my kids. But if I was to go ahead and ask grandma, if I pull up grandma in my chair right here, I'm going to tell you, grandma's going to sing like a canary. Uh She's going to tell you, I don't have my own identity. My own, my identity is wrapped in how happy everybody else is. And when I ask her, who are you outside of all of the roles you play? She's going to be sitting here with tears saying, I don't know. And she learned that from her mom and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so I want you guys to think about your kids and what you're teaching your kids right now. By you adopting these new habits, right? Even though I'm going to tell you right now, it sucks. Everything about this sucks and I hate it. Oh, it sucks so hard. And it's change and it feels so good once you start doing it. It feels so good. It feels foreign, but it feels good. So what do you do? You keep going. You want change? It starts with you. You want change in your relationship, in your marriage? It starts with you. You want change with your body? It starts with you. We don't recognize how much power we have because we keep on giving it to everybody else. And yes, I can say, okay, that can be your excuse, but not anymore if you're listening to this podcast or if you're on this platform, not anymore, because now you know better, you know better. So you have full range over your life. I know you haven't been taught that, but you do, you always have, you always have. However, I'm gonna call you guys out a little bit. It was easier. It was easier to put your kids needs first. We're able to check it off the box. It's easier to do household chores, something we get to check off the box. It's easier to compromise yourself and meet the needs of your husband. Again, check off the box. But once we start doing this type of work, we ain't checking no boxes. It takes some time to check off those boxes. Mm -hmm. It's a whole lot of discomfort. A lot of discomfort none of us want to do. It is. And that's so true that it's it sounds so silly to say it's easier to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G yeah. with all the kids. And like, but yeah, I lived that, that, that was me. It was so much easier to just take care of the kids, do my role, play my role, do that instead of like really diving into what was going on and when, who I was becoming. Hell yeah. When I started my practice initially, I was, a, it was a single practice. Now it's a group practice and I have clinicians that work here um, for me and I supervise. When I initially started my practice, um, it, you know, it was small. It was just starting out. You know, my husband um, was just retiring from the Marine Corps. And it started to pick up. And it started to pick up very quickly. And he was seeing the numbers in the business account. And he was just like, oh, shit. And then he was seeing how much I was making in like a week. And he was like, oh, shit, you you don't need me. 
And he literally said that to me. Remember when I shared that with you, Melissa? He literally looked at me and he's like, you don't need me. And I was like, homeboy, I never needed you. No, just kidding. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, I was like, babe, I was like, I was like, babe, I've never needed you. I did say that. Babe, I've never needed you. And he looked at me and he's like, okay, I always wanted to be with you. I wanted to be with you. I'm not with you because I need you. I don't need you. Just like you don't need me. But I want to be with you. I want to enjoy you. Are you right now enjoying your life? Are you enjoying your life to the fullest? Or are you settling? Are you compromising yourself in areas? Are you afraid to say no? Are you afraid of what this change would actually look like? And let's be honest, are you afraid that maybe truth might hit you in the ass? Because I'm going to tell you right now, as you guys are taking these pictures, you know, as you guys are starting to see these numbers go down, you're going to start doing a lot more work on yourself and looking in that mirror and liking who you see. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be confusing because how often when we're not at our best, are we looking in that mirror? Not very often. Maybe to put our makeup on real quick, but we're not really, really looking in that mirror. The reason why we're not really looking at that mirror is because we don't want to see the truth. We don't want to see the truth. We want to ignore it. So doing things such as you're doing right now is all part of that process to create and embrace change. But it's really having that mindset of, okay, wait a minute. I can't continue to blame my husband for me not working out or me not pursuing this change. I can't. It's easier, you know, because he's on my ass and he's exposing all of these insecurities. And at the same time, I really have to look in the mirror and say, who is really in charge of my life? And if my kids were to live the same life, would I pray for them or would I praise them? Because I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) the things you are doing right now, like right now, are the exact things your kids are going to repeat or they're going to be in my office doing the exact opposite. And guess what? They're still going to be met with the same results because they're both extremes. They're both very much extreme behaviors. You're going to see your kids with early onset anxiety. You're going to see your kids with early onset depression. I'm not saying you're 100% to blame, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not modeling healthy behavior, yeah, you better stand first in line for that blame. You better stand first in line. So we have to show our kids, we have to model for our kids that change is actually possible. Even if your partner is maybe not 100% against you, again, they're just scared. That's all this is. They're, they're afraid. They don't know what this means. And this is where we can help with regards to communication, with regards to being able to express ourselves. Did you see the comments where people had put? Oh, there's like um, a dozen, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, a couple of them were saying like, um, Jenny, one Jenny, number one said our communication sucks and always has, he yes. shuts down and I get passive aggressive and someone's always like same. And Jenny, well, number two said he totally ignores me instead of talking to me when he sees me frustrated with him. I want to comment on this first. Hi, hi, Veronica. Hey, Hey, um, these are like a wide spectrum of women who've been in our group for a very short amount of time and women who have been around in this group for a very long yes. amount of time. So mm-hmm. these are women who have been working just for like, let's say less than 90 days making changes. And these are women who have been making changes for close to a couple of years now. Yeah. yeah. So this isn't for some of their husbands and spouses and partners, this is new and yeah. fear is okay when things are new and things are changing. But what do we do for like our OG members who've been doing this for a while, who've mm-hmm. hit their goals, whose mm-hmm. goals have changed, who have been on this trajectory of growth for mm-hmm. A long time. What do we do for them and their partners to get through the difficulties? Absolutely. I want you to think of, you know, a lot of this for the first three comments, and there's, there's other ones that I will definitely get you, you know, saying our communication sucks and always has. And, you know, um, he shuts down and I get passive. Okay. So what's going on in this picture? He shuts down. What, what men are doing when they shut down is what we call stonewalling, right? It's like talking to a wall a stone wall, no emotions, right? And so what men do when they don't have the answers is they'll stonewall. 
they'll shut down. And the reason why they're shutting down is because they don't know how to solve this problem. They don't know what to say. How we interpret it is, oh, this jackass completely lost interest in the conversation and has is now thinking about who knows what. That's not what's happening for him. Research studies show that in that moment, they are what's called flooded. Their emotions are to the next level. Their heart rate is to the next level. And they, in that moment, do not have the capacity to go out and provide you with an answer or to solve this issue. They have no clue what to do. So in that moment, we're misinterpreting what we're actually seeing. It's not that they don't care. They don't know how to respond to this situation. What ends up happening for you? Kind of how she, you know, she she mentions he shuts down and I get passive aggressive. You go into defensive mode the minute he shuts down. You're trying to defend yourself on why things are the way they are and trying to provide proof, trying to prove yourself. Nobody's hearing it because you guys are both flooded. So when you're in that mode of you you attempting to have a conversation with your partner, you have to be very mindful of where you're at emotionally. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you can tip the scale either way. You can go into enemy mode, monstrous mode, or shutdown mode. Neither are healthy. They end up with the same results. So what do we do when our partner is in this mode? He's flooding. He is flooding. He needs a good 20 minutes before he's able to have a conversation. You flooding with him, you being elevated. So what do I mean by flooded? Again, your emotions are not, your emotions are totally in control and now taking the driver's seat. You are not able to think rationally during that time. So what do you need? You also need a 20 minute timeout break. Here's why. Cause you get into that fight or flight response. That adrenaline's pumping, the heart rate's high. It's over a hundred very difficult, damn near impossible. You have a 96% chance that if you continue that conversation at that flooded rate, that that conversation is going to fail. 96% chance. So when you guys are both elevated, even if he looks cool as a cucumber, in that moment that he's stonewalling, He's not able to develop the answers. Men are fixers, ladies. They try to fix something. And if they're not able to fix it, they shut down. It has nothing to do with you. And so what I would advise is to stop personalizing it. I know it's easier said than done, but that's where we go. We personalize it. I'm not enough. Obviously, he doesn't care. Otherwise, he'd say something. Why aren't you saying something? I don't have the answer. I don't even know what the hell to say. I don't know what to do right now. And so for your OGs that are already in, that have already been in this transition and now going to new goals, I want you to be mindful of where you where you are at emotionally when you have a vulnerable, uncomfortable conversation. If you're not in this space where you're able to problem solve, stay quiet, walk the hell out of the room and get your emotions under control. Make sure you're able to regulate them so that you're able to come back and have an honest conversation without allowing all of your emotions to get in the way and all of your insecurities to get in the way. Because that's when all of those thought distortions come up and it's not safe. It's not safe for you at all. So be aware of where you're at when you're having these conversations. You're already trying to defend yourself and you're going to lose. If you go into defensive mode, think about it this way. When I'm in defensive mode, I'm automatically positioning my partner as wrong and as the enemy. Mm -hmm. You have nothing to prove to him. You are personalizing his actions and his behaviors. And that's why you're in defensive mode. Not because you're confident, homegirl. No, 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 no. If you were confident, you'd be able to listen to what he has to say and say, damn, he's really struggling right now. Well, he'll get back to me when he's ready. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go do my thing. That is such a good point. (laughs) Figure it out. He will figure it out. We don't go there. We go into, holy moly, I was just triggered. I was triggered because there was an insecurity that was exposed. So I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to drop kick his ass or I'm going to throat punch him. That's Well, don't do it. But that's where we go because how intense our emotions are. Gain control of your emotions. This is not about you, mama. It's not about you. You are triggered. Do not react based off of that trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where am I going, Melissa? Am I, you want me to go ahead and read? Well, all? just to kind of 
wrap that part up, Jess had a good point because she was like, what do you do if they shut down for days and stonewall you and no communication Beautiful. for days? Yes. Okay, so let's talk about that. When your husband is stonewalling, he goes into this mode of not talking. I want you to think about why. Why is it that he goes into no communication? Well, I'm not asking you to take the blame here. But I want you to think about what conversations look like when he does start talking. Are you automatically quick to say, all right, so you ready to have the conversation? You know what? You're a complete jackass. And you don't, I don't know how you went four days without talking to me. You know you wanted to talk to me and you didn't. You go back into that judgment and that criticism. Or even, this is where our son gets it from. You go ahead and ignore everything and you avoid I got to be the better person and I got to be the one once again to solve all the problems. What we call that is contempt. You're putting yourself as higher authority than him. Ain't nobody going to want to talk to you when you're doing all those things. And like I said, he doesn't know how to fix it. So when he's in this cool mode, hey, you know what? When you guys are not arguing, hey, you know what? I noticed when we have conversations It's really difficult for me, really difficult for me to get my emotions in check. And there are times where I say a lot of things and it's like, dang, that was such a bitch move. But I said it. It's so hard to take that back. And I realize when I'm in that mode, I see red. And I'm really working on doing something different. I don't have it down packed yet. However, I notice how much it hurts you. And I notice how much it causes this great divide in our marriage, even in our communication. I even noticed there are times where you shut down. I shut down too. It just looks different. In no way, shape, or form are you going into, you're a fucking idiot for not sharing and being quiet. Like, how well did that work for you? You were like mute for four days. How'd that go? Did you talk to anybody? Did you talk to the kids? That doesn't work. Nobody likes to be criticized. Nobody likes to be shamed. It doesn't work. So what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to really look at yourself. We're not trying to change him. He wants change. He could get on this episode and then we could go for it. And I'll totally be nice to him. Um, I don't do male bashing, but he wants change. He will reach out and get help. But I'm talking to you. You're asking for help. I'm giving it to you. So guess what? Yeah, you got to be the one that starts it. Damn, it sucks, Veronica. I don't want to start it. I start everything. Nobody gives a shit, Barbara. Okay? Nobody gives a shit. You want change? You want true change? Let's do it. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, damn it. You got to be the one. Absolutely. You know why you got to be the one? Because you're the one that wants a different life. You're the one that wants something healthy. You want something healthy? You truly want it? Then this is a part of it. This is a part of it. No more excuses. And can I ask a question or like bounce? I don't know. I don't know if it's yeah, a question. Yeah, yeah. That's a question. But like when you're saying that you have to be the one to change, because I, I feel that like I, and I'm, I'm reading yeah. like Alexis, Jenny was saying how I do everything, you know, and other people are like, I do fucking everything and he yeah. does nothing. And like, yeah. that's a, that's a common thing in here. Like I'm already giving and I'm already doing it. And now you want me to do this too. If you take action and and you're like, let's do the therapy or this is the way it's going to be or like whatever that means, like you have to do it, create the change and he doesn't follow you. That's okay too, right? Yes. To a point? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Here's why. You will start to see the truth. Fuck. (laughs) You're so right. A lot of women don't want to see that. And this is why, yeah, this is why we place band-aids on our relationship. This is why we make excuses. Hell, to be honest, this is why we do everything. You have put yourself in the driver's seat for everything. He doesn't do the dishes right, so screw it. I'm in charge of the dishes. He doesn't clean the kitchen right. Matter of fact, when he wipes shit down, it's still sticky. How the hell is it still sticky when you wiped it down? How did that happen? So I do it. He didn't know how to fold the kids' laundry. When last time he did the kids' laundry, everything was red. Nope, so I do it. You have now conditioned your partner to believe that you are in charge of everything, everything. And when he does help, you criticize him. 
Hear me when I say this, ladies. It is not his fault that you have decided to put yourself last. You made an active choice to do that. You have conditioned him to believe that he is in charge of nothing except for work and you are in charge of everything, including the kids. I was there too. I go home now and my husband cooks. My husband never cooked before. But guess what? I don't cook. I don't clean. I don't, I'm, I'm not on, I'm being completely honest. I don't remember the last time I cleaned my house. Yolanda and two life crew cleaned it or my husband cleaned it or the girls cleaned it. I haven't cleaned it. I haven't cleaned it. Guess why? Guess why? Cause I have two businesses to freaking run. Mm-hmm. I ain't got time to clean up the house. I do have time to be intentional as a mom. I have time for that. I do have time to be intentional as a wife, but even more importantly, I have to have time to be intentional as Veronica, as me. And I can't use him as an excuse. So if he isn't willing to start adopting this new change, or if he is not inspired by this new change, well, mama, we got to have a different conversation. Yeah. Okay. And it's not one where I'm going to tell you to leave him. I will never tell you to leave him. That's, <laughs> that's not me. I don't work that way. Or I'm not going to bash him. This is more of he's not ready for all of these changes or he doesn't want them. And that's a really, really hard pill for women to swallow because it's like, well, wait a minute. If he doesn't want them, then what does that mean about my marriage? Well, mama, did you marry, did you fall in love with him? And hear me when I say this, and I have, I told you guys how much I loved you. I don't do band-aids, so I'm, I'm pretty hardcore. Um, did you fall in love with him or did you fall in love with his potential? And a a lot of us fell in love with the potential of who we know he could be, of all of the potential he has. We fell in love with that. And then we got stuck with something else. Mm -hmm. Just to share like a personal story on this in my family, this situation has happened and the male I know, and then there's the female I know, I'm not going to say what position they are in my family. Yeah. Um, there was an affair that happened and then she found out and, but she was still, you know, standing by her man. They were trying to make it work and all this stuff. And, and I'm like, dude, he is his father and he is never going to change. Yeah. And she started like, and she gave him a, a chance. They were trying. And I'm like, how many times does he have to show you that he ain't going to change? You're going to therapy now. I love it. Awesome. But like, is he going with you? How's he trying? Yeah. You go home and you're asking him to help and do the, you know, kids and dishes or like whatever. And like, he's not doing anything. And, and he just he yep. showed her who, who he was. Yep. And then, and then eventually she was like, you know, that saying, I think you might've been, a, you might've been the one to tell me it was something like a woman, a woman will treat a man the way she wants to be treated. And then it gets to a point where she treats the man how he has treated her. Yeah. That's when you worry. Yeah. A lot of us aren't willing to accept people for who they are and who they're not. Mm -hmm. We're not willing to accept that. So we try to change them. How many times have any of your partners said, you're always trying to change me? You're always trying to change me. I'm always trying to criticize. You're always criticizing me. Like anything I do, it's never good enough. You're trying to change them right? You're not accepting them for who they are and who they're not. And that sucks. It sucks so hard. Damn it. I, what? That's not who you are. That's who I thought you were. Or I know you have all of this potential to be, and why don't you want to do it? Just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, but you got to look at yourself too. How long did it take you to embrace change? How long did it take you to embrace change? They seen the potential in you. You didn't see it in yourself. Why not? You weren't ready to see it. You weren't ready. Now you're ready. Now you're on this platform. Now we're having a conversation. Now you're ready to go out and do what's needed. But back then, no matter how many times those jeans were not fitting or those clothes were not fitting, or when you were walking up the stairs, you couldn't breathe, that still was not enough for you to change. Or even when you've seen pictures and you're like, holy shit, really? That's me? Even then you weren't ready to change. Mm -hmm. Who did it? Who was it? that led you to this path to be here with Melissa on this platform. Who was it? It was you. It wasn't your husband. It was you. 
Why are you doing all of this for? For you. Your kids get a benefit from it. And when you're naked, your husband gets a benefit from it, you know, but who is it ultimately for? It's for you. That is why you got to accept people for who they are and who they're not, because when they're ready to change, they will, they will change. You can inspire change. Mm -hmm. You can definitely inspire change. I'm a therapist and I'm pretty good at what I do. And I do not have the power to make people change. I do not have the power to make any of you guys change. No matter how many cool skills I have, it requires this heightened level of willingness. Once I have that willingness, it's on. It's on. We're going to work. Make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so a lot not- of roads you could take this because it seems like these frustrations and stuff, I'm reading a lot, like it affects the intimacy. This affects everything. I'm going to tell you right now, this affects everything. This affects the way he performs at work, the way he's, the way you're at, you're at work. This affects the way you parent your children. This affects the way you guys handle your finances. This affects the way you guys connect. Hell, most of you guys probably feel like you're roommates with your partner, you know, and you don't feel like you really know them. You don't feel like you're connected with them at all. I don't even know. I can't tell you how many women and couples today. I asked them, when's the last time you made out? When's the last time you made out? And they're like, um, we don't do that. And it's like, what? Really? And then I had the guy tell me, well, when's the last time you made out? And I'm like, well, shit, this morning. <laughs> Be again, but I'm not home. <laughs> I have to practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. But a good amount of you, you know, not only have you lost yourself, but that like that, that, that drive, that desire, all of those things have also fell to the wayside. It wasn't only your health. There were other things that also impacted why we're currently here today. Being honest with that, right? Not easy. Not easy. And I'm not trying to hit below the belt. I'm helping you guys step outside of your comfort zone and see a lot of shit you guys don't want to see. None of us want to see this. Mm -hmm. Bring me back to you know, when everything was comfortable. I know looking for the right therapist can be challenging. However, feeling overwhelmed and disconnected is even harder. Life is filled with several twists and turns, some more severe than others. We do our best to handle them as they come, and find ourselves at a loss, not knowing what to do or who to turn to. The clinicians here at Outside the Norm Counseling are here to help. We are here to assist you through this time of need. Together, we will identify your strengths and goals and teach you healthy coping skills. Together, we will develop a plan to help you live the life you want to live. Our team is compassionate, genuine, and we take a great deal of pride in providing an empathetic, non-judgmental approach to all of our clients. It's time you've waited long enough, whether it be for you, your child, or if you're in need of a couple session, we are highly trained clinicians ready to guide you. Schedule an appointment now by calling 951-395-3288. Again, that's number is 951 Do you want to read some and then tell me and I'll go based off of whatever you We're looking me. forward to meeting you and being a part of yeah, your Yeah, well... Jenny number three had said she's feeling like she has a roommate, you know, like you had just said, you'd like, I'm like, someone just use those exact words and that you're, that you're sleeping with instead of a partner in a marriage and I'm, and I'm growing and he's stagnant. This is such a common thread and he refuses to take care of himself. He was recently diagnosed with something and he won't do anything um, to get it treated. And I do everything with the kids, finances, shopping, and he gets mad at that the house isn't clean and I work more than he does and in school. And someone else is like, yeah, I work out at 1 a.m. And someone else is saying right there with you, I feel the love for him, but the intimacy has been affected and I feel like I'm not attracted to him anymore. Okay, so I'm going to go a couple places here. Why? Why are you doing all the things? Why? I understand that there is a mental health disorder. Totally get it. Um, again, you are, what, what's happening right now is you're overcompensating for him. 
Don't get me wrong. You can be a great partner, especially when there's a mental health disorder. You can be a very great partner. You can be supportive. But if he doesn't want to get help, there's not a damn thing you can do. Give you a quick story that's related to this. Willie came back. That's my husband's name. Willie came back from Afghanistan. He was blown up twice while there. Blown up twice. Looking at him, he's sexy as shit. But like, you know, he came back with PTSD. Literally blown up twice and he had some hearing loss. Looking at him, couldn't tell. But yeah, you know, certain things, easily irritated, easily frustrated, night terrors. I mean, you name it. If I was to take the DSM out, I'd be like, yep, yep, yep. All of the symptoms he had. I'm a therapist. I was working at the hospital at the time. Guess what I was treating? Marines who came back from Afghanistan. I'm a clinician, fully qualified, right, to help him. He didn't want help. He didn't want help. I can provide him with some of the best therapists. I know them. Didn't want help. Can provide him with the best group therapy. Didn't want help. Initially, I kept on over and over trying to convince him he needed help. What I didn't realize was as I was trying to convince him to get help because homeboy was easily irritated and he was getting punched in the throat if he kept on acting that way. What I didn't realize was every time I told him or I recommended that he needed help, he interpreted that as he was not enough. I'm not enough. Every single time. Again, it was coming from a place of love. In his eyes, I'm not enough. You might as well just kick me in the balls. Out of love. But again, the message he's receiving is he's not enough. When I'm doing more, because I don't want him to flip his shit on the kids, guess what I'm telling him? You're not a good father. I'm a better mother. You don't know how to calm your shit down. I'm a better mother. Let it, let it be all me. Slowly, he started to disconnect from the children. Slowly, he started to get worse and worse. I realized, wait a minute. He's not my patient. He's not my patient. He's my husband. And although I have the tools, the skills, the education, the training, fuck, all of it to help him, he doesn't want my help. I have to accept this. I have to accept this. If I'm going to continue to be married to this man, I have to accept this. I can choose not to, but then we're going to different route. I have to accept this. What am I not okay with? What are some of my non-negotiables? What are boundaries that I need to definitely set in place? Because homeboy, just because you decide to lose yourself doesn't mean I'm going to lose myself in this. Hell no. Mm -mm. I love you. Thank you so much for fighting for our country. And I'm going to be here to support you as your wife, but I am not going to be your freaking punching bag. That's not happening. I mean, it's not going to happen. So guess what? The house is going to look like shit. I'm cool with it. You cool with it? Well, I'm not going to do everything. Pay attention to all of the things you're doing. Paying attention, pay attention to how often you're compromising yourself. The only reason, homegirl, that you're waking up and doing all of these things is because you made an active choice to do it. Stop doing it. I know it's easier said than done. I know it sucks to have a dirty house. I'm aware of that. However, if you want change, you want change, then those dishes, that laundry is going to have to be set for somebody else. I need help. What can you be in charge of? If he is not willing to get help and he is acting in a very unhealthy way, if it gets abusive, okay, now we got, we got, we have a different conversation. I want you to seek professional help. It didn't get that way with me and Willie, but if it does go that route, we need to seek professional help and we can't do couples therapy with domestic violence. I'm going to tell you right now, therapists, it is unethical for us to go ahead and do any form of therapy with domestic violence in the picture. We won't do it. We should they shouldn't do it. If they take you, they're only out for money, leave. So if all of these things are happening, right? I do everything with the kids and finances. I want you to think about why. Why have you now adopted this role that I'm my husband's babysitter and I'm taking on everything? What is it that you're afraid of? What are you afraid of? And I want you to be honest with yourself. The other thing I want you to think of is why is it all dependent on me? Where did I learn this from? Where did I learn this from? Did my mom do the same thing for my dad? Did my dad do the same thing for my mom? Or did I only have my mom? And there were so many times I had to parent her. I want you to think of how far this goes. 
because this isn't, you're recreating your childhood mama. And I hate to give it to you that way, but it's true. You're recreating your childhood. You're putting your position, yourself in a position where once again, you are somebody's caretaker. That's your husband. That's not your baby. And you continue that route. I'm going to tell you right now, you better have a really, really good damn therapist because I've seen therapists screw up a relationship. You better have a really good therapist. I'm going to tell you right now, we're expensive. We don't take insurance. We don't take insurance because guess what? We got a lot of people that want to see us mm-hmm. and they know our worth. So pay attention to how, to how you're conditioning your partner to go ahead and follow these rules of mama does everything. I don't have to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes one of them say, what happens when, when you drop those expectations of yourself, but then your partner puts them on your kids? Ah, oh my God. I love that you said that. Yes. You got me moving around. Okay. I love that you said that. Okay. So what do we do? What do we do? Think outside of the box. What do we do? Now the expectations are placed on the kids, right? What are your non-negotiables? Is this healthy or unhealthy? My kids now do laundry. My kids wash dishes. There's nothing unhealthy about that. I got a 19-year-old, 15-year-old, and an 11-year-old. I'm going to tell you right now, kids at five years old can definitely fold. Maybe not do crazy amounts of laundry or cook, but I'm going to tell you right now, there are things that they can do to help them become self-sufficient. So I want you to be aware of how you protect your husband from your kids and how you refuse to allow your kids to see the father he really is. I did that for years. I know. I know, Mama. I know. I know. I oh, want- you're going to make me cry. I love you're you, gonna- Melissa. I love you. So we want to be our partner's best friend. We want to be best friends. The be- the number one thing for relationships is to be the your partner's best friend, for you guys both to be each other's best friend. I know a lot of therapists say communication. I'm going to tell you right now, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm going to be very, very honest Very honest. No, it's not communication. Because I'm going to tell you, you can use those I statements and say, I personally think you're a jackass. And I feel invalidated because you're an idiot. And I personally think that you should take your shit and move it out of my house. I say (laughs) this. Versus I am overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. And I feel like I lost my best friend. And if I'm completely honest... I stopped stopped being a best friend too. And there's so much, there's so much going on and I'm afraid. And I feel like trust has gone out the window. That is a vulnerable conversation that you do with your best friend. Totally different. So I feel like there was 15 questions and I probably missed one of them. So, okay. If they put it on the kids, we have what are your non-negotiables? Being able to identify that. But also, if your husband's being an ass to your kids, why do you keep on protecting him? Why do you keep on protecting him? You keep on doing it over and over. And guess what? Mom looks like the crazy one. Dad looks cool as a cucumber because mom keeps on coming to dad's rescue. Because mom doesn't want to poke the bear. Let the bear be poked unless there's like physical abuse. There's physical abuse, emotional abuse. Uh Uh-uh, that's out the window. But let him be an ass. If he's yelling, let him yell. Why do you got to be in control of everything? Why do you got to be the mom and the dad? In In order for your husband to parent, you have to support him. You got to support him. Otherwise, you're not giving him permission to parent and you're going to look like the crazy one every single time. So, yes, dad's a jackass sometimes. Yes, dad lies sometimes. Yes, dad, you know, doesn't follow through. Yes, dad constantly complains. Damn, dad's not healthy with life. I don't have to protect my kids from seeing that anymore. Jenny, number three, has a good point or not a good point, but just like to add to exactly what you're saying right now, Veronica. She said, feels so damaging to the kids to let them see who he is. And I find myself saying things like, just be quiet. Don't make your dad mad today. Boom. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm going to, I'm going to call you out right now. What are you doing? He is actively doing this to your kids, actively doing this to your kids. And I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet that his ass is doing that to you too. And you allow it to happen. 
You allow it to happen because you don't know how to set boundaries. You don't know how to communicate effectively. You don't know how to search yourself. You, more importantly, you don't know what the hell you're worth. Let him do it to me, but I'm not going to let him do it to you. I'm going to go ahead and form a barrier. I'm not going to let you see that side to dad. Mom, guess what? We're already seeing it. He does that to you every single day. Yeah. He does that to you every single day. I'm not blind. I see it. How many times did you see, even though your mom did everything to protect you? I'm going to tell you right now, my mom put us in competition, in modeling, in pageants, everything. And hell yeah, I knew my dad was cheating on her the whole time. Hell yeah, I knew my dad wasn't coming home. She could try to distract us all she wanted to, and she did a very good job. However, the reality was, we've seen it. So you tell me my dad's a good dad, but I don't get it. You're confusing me, mom. Why won't you let me see him for who he is and who he's not? Oh, that's right. Because you're not ready to accept him for who he is and who he's not. I could go on for days and I have I a client that I have to get to. <laughs> I know you could. I can't believe we've been able to talk about this for an, an hour and stuff, but I just appreciate everything that you have said. And like, there's so many gems where you just like hit me and it just helped reinforce the decisions I made in my life and help me look at my relationships that have been now and like, Ooh, slippery slope you're playing with. Like, yeah. Reevaluate things. I will listen to this like 20 times <laughs> for real. Um, and sometimes you have to hear the message 20 times before yeah. it like sticks and stuff, you know, but I appreciate it. And you coming on here so much. I, I hope we were able to help everyone a little bit more, give you some guidance and clarity. Yay. Thank you guys so much. All right, thank, thank you, you. Guys for being vulnerable. And I know there was a lot of questions I didn't get to. Um, maybe we'll do this again. Yeah. For sure. All right. (laughs) right. Bye, you guys. We can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. And guess what? It's 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy-to-do strategies to apply right now. That's right. Right now. Today. You all know I'm a huge advocate for you mamas, and I am on a mission to help you experience true connection and stress-free living. Ladies, we are setting our marriages up for success. It starts with you. You will find this freebie here in my show notes or go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash guide. The information I will be providing you is next level and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend who needs it. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect, deep down, that glass, or three, of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. 
I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.